Hey everyone, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host Sherry from over here on the dark side. Today we're going to talk about the Viper Room. From the outside, it appears as just some dive bar you'd find in any city, but this place was once bustling with Hollywood elite. A lot of crazy stories have come from the Viper Room, including a celebrity death and the disappearance of one of the owners. This is episode 94, The Curse of the Viper Room. I don't really have a year to go on like I do in most stories, so I'll go with 1993 since that was the year the bar opened. Bill Clinton became the 42nd president. The most popular Halloween costumes were Princess Jasmine and Barney the Dinosaur. The most popular movie was Jurassic Park. NBA Jam was the most popular video game followed by Mortal Kombat. Janet Reno was selected to be the first female U.S. Attorney General. Pablo Escobar died at age 44 after a gunfire exchange with police. He was shot in the head while trying to escape through the roof. And lastly, there was the Waco, Texas incident. Four FBI agents and six Davidians were killed. The Viper Room wasn't always known as the Viper Room. Today, it's on Sunset Strip in West Hollywood. But many years before this, it was something completely different. I'll walk you through a brief history. The building was built in 1921 and started out as a small grocery store. Back then, they didn't have super Walmarts and stuff. Most grocery stores were small. This was before the Sunset Strip was paved. It was just a dirt road. Fast forward to the mid-1940s, the grocery store closes down and it's converted to a club called the Cotton Club. It was advertised as Harlem in Hollywood and owned by a famous mobster named Mickey Cohen. He handled a lot of his business inside there. By 1947, the club was changed to a different business. Now it's called the Green the Greenwich Village Inn. So by 1948, the Sunset Strip was becoming pretty risque with all these jazz singers and strip clubs. It even caught the eyes of politicians, like what's going on over there in this particular area? Lots of sinning going on. We need to investigate this. They cited several clubs, including this one, for having a little too much fun. They sent undercover detectives inside several of these clubs, and what they found was there was a lot of alcohol, jazz singers, and there were drag performers, nude dancers, and strip teasing. The recommendation was that these clubs have their liquor license revoked. The report, dated February 5, 1948, stated, We have in mind certain establishments which were staging indecent and lewd entertainment and in which tavern owners were permitting their premises to be used as the gathering place for perverts and other immoral persons. However, no action was taken even after their pleas to have these clubs shut down because they found out the mob had a lot of influence. Mobsters were using this place as a gambling den during this time. The mob had monetary influence over a lot of law enforcement and county officials, so they didn't want to go pissing them off. Just let the perverts have their clubs is what they ended up concluding with. I'm glad we've come so much farther since then. In 1949, the Greenwich Village Inn changed owners and was now called the Rue Angel. 
However, shortly afterwards, a big fire broke out and caused $10,000 in damage. Today, that would be $125,000. A lot of the inside was destroyed by fire and water. The damages were repaired, and by 1950, it was reopened as The Last Call. This is going to be a strip club that was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just a continuous loop of girls dancing all hours. By 1951, Los Angeles County had updated its laws regarding cabaret clubs. The Last Call and another club called Club Flamingo, which hosted drag shows, were shut down. In 1951, the bar reopened and it was called the Melody Room. This was a long-running establishment. It had gone through so many owners and changes over the last 10 years, but the Melody Room would stay open for the next 18 years. It was owned by two brothers who had just returned from war. It hosted a lot of famous cabaret singers and was doing really well as an intimate jazz club. This was a place that was well known in the Los Angeles music scene, but in 1969, the Melody Room closed its doors. It reopened in 1973 with a new name, Filthy McNasties. That seems like a super modern name for a business in 1973. It closed and reopened in 1980 as a new venue called The Central. Now the Sunset Strip is starting to be occupied by celebrities and rock stars. They say you could walk in the Central at any time and see John Belushi or Cece DeVille or a wide array of other stars sitting at the bar. The stage was four feet high and the sound quality was the best in the area. The Los Angeles rock scene was thriving between the Central and the Whiskey A Go Go, which is right up the street and around the corner. In 1993, actor Johnny Depp was introduced to the owner of the Central, a man by the name of Anthony Fox. See, Johnny Depp has a friend named Chuck Wise, who is a musician himself who plays at the Central all the time. Chuck knew this club was close to being shut down. He suggested to Johnny Depp, look, you've got the power and the resources to save it. Johnny wanted a place that celebrities could hang out and not be in the limelight and chased by paparazzi. Plus, he enjoyed watching Chuck perform there and wanted to continue watching him. Johnny wanted something kind of exclusive. Johnny saw the vision and thought this 200-person venue would be perfect, and it's right on Sunset Strip where celebrities are known to hang out anyway. It's a perfect match. He wants to buy this club, but the owner, Anthony Fox, isn't willing to give it up completely. Instead, he offers to partner instead. Johnny Depp and his former co-star from 21 Jump Street named Sal Jenko now own 51% of the business. Johnny renames it The Viper Room, and the opening night was August 14, 1993. At Johnny's request, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were the first band to perform. Just one year before this, Johnny Depp starred in Tom Petty's music video, Into the Great Wide Open, so they were buddies, and he felt Tom Petty deserved the opening night slot. Celebrities flocked to this bar over the next few weeks. It's very hard to get into. If you're not an award-winning artist or a famous actor or actress, you have to know someone to get in or be a date of the person. Johnny actually had cameras in the back where he could watch the front door. He could say, let that guy in or get him out of here. 
This place was also known for drugs. Drugs were plentiful here. Anything you want, you could get. Lots of cocaine, especially. A 23-year-old actor named River Phoenix shows up to the bar just two months after it opened. River Phoenix's most popular movie was when he was a kid when he played Chris Chambers in Stand By Me. He was the oldest of five siblings, and his brother Joaquin Phoenix would grow up to be a very successful Oscar-winning actor. I'm sure you younger folks know who Joaquin Phoenix is, but before him was his older brother River. Joaquin Phoenix was four years younger than River, and River had just flown in a few days prior and was staying with the guitarist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, John Frusciani. River is filming a movie and decided to stay with his buddy John rather than rent a hotel room. John and River had been on a bad drug binge for days. They hadn't slept and they were doing copious amounts of drugs. They're celebrities. They got plenty of money and they can afford good drugs and lots of them. According to the New York Post, they have been doing this cycle for days of smoking crack and shooting heroin. On October 30th, 1993, John and River come stumbling into the Viper Room. They are cleared at the door. Everyone knows who they are. Plus, John was playing there that night. River's brother, Joaquin, and his sister, Rain, are there, along with River's girlfriend, Samantha Mathis. The Red Hot Chili Peppers were set to perform that night. Joaquin was only 19, and he was too young to be at the bar, but they let him in since he had a celebrity escort. River drank some sort of drug cocktail at some point during the night given to him by someone else. According to the New York Post, River is stumbling around and even tells a friend that he doesn't feel good. He goes to the bathroom and is trembling in front of the mirror. Friends tried to help him by splashing water on his face. River's last words to a friend were, I don't feel so good. I think I'm ODing. His friend tells him, it's okay, you're standing and you're talking, it's not an overdose. This friend would later state how he suffered with guilt for many years for dismissing River's worries that night. River was taken outside. I don't know if it was by security or who took him outside, but he laid on the sidewalk out front with a crowd of gatherers standing around him. 19-year-old Joaquin Phoenix made the call to 911 screaming his brother needs help. He's 23 years old. Get someone here to the Viper Room now. An ambulance shows up and River is laying on the sidewalk having seizures. By this point, there is a big crowd. River's sister attempted CPR. The paramedics put him in the ambulance and the bassist for the Red Hot Chili Peppers named Flea got in the ambulance with him. River was taken to Cedar sinai Hospital in Los Angeles, where he was pronounced dead 20 minutes later. There was a lot of talk about who gave him that mixture of drugs. One reporter described him as, quote, a guitarist in a famous band. This guitarist was looked into the most since he supposedly gave River the drink, but a lot of people will say, you know, River's a grown man. He willingly took the drugs. I've never known of someone to drink heroin, but apparently it was a thing. Heroin and cocaine together are called a speedball. If you remember back to my Lane Staley episode, this is what he died from as well. 
Samantha Mathis, who was Rivers' girlfriend, didn't talk about the incident for 25 years, but she gave an interview in 2018. She says that she knew something was going on that night, but she didn't understand it. Since she wasn't a drug user or around people who did drugs, she also didn't see River out in the open doing drugs that night. He would dip off into the bathroom or whatever. She said she had her suspicions that he was doing drugs, but she didn't see anything herself in person. According to River's autopsy report, he died from a combination acute multiple drug intoxication. He tested positive for Valium, cocaine, and heroin. The police report stated that there was no foul play involved. During my research, I did see a photo of River's deceased body that I wish I wouldn't have. It's rumored that the reason this photo exists is because a photographer broke into the funeral home in the middle of the night He found River's casket, opened it, and snapped a picture, and then sold it to the National Enquirer for a large sum of money. It was a terrible thing to do, and the picture didn't sit well with me since he doesn't look like he's at peace whatsoever. As a side note, there's a leaked photo of comedian Chris Farley when he died, and he was laying on the floor. It was another super fucked up photo. A private funeral took place for River where 60 mourners attended, and over the next week, the Viper Room was closed due to this horrific incident. The media was camped outside. Fans and friends left flowers and tributes to River outside the door. There's this big shrine with candles and photos of River. A lot of people who were there that night when River died mysteriously took off the next day, Johnny Depp included. Everyone scattered and got on planes and headed out of the area. I'm unsure why. Again, the police report stated no foul play was involved. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that these were celebrities and they didn't want their name tarnished with this incident. Their agents and publicists likely advised them to get out of Hollywood for a short bit. Before I move on from River Phoenix, I'll mention that Joaquin Phoenix in 2020 gave an interview with Anderson Cooper. He said that River once told him, you will be a more successful actor than I am. His brother was absolutely right because Joaquin would indeed grow up to be one of the most successful actors of our time. I'm positive his brother is watching over him and is so proud of all that he has accomplished. One week after River's death, the bar reopened with business as usual. This incident intensified the public's interest in the Viper Room. This place is still the hottest ticket in town. If it wasn't already an exclusive club, now you've got all this added drama. People still stood outside hoping security would let them in. Patrons of the bar still did drugs inside. It was like no one learned from this. River is barely in the ground, and people are already back to their old ways. No one learned from this, at least as far as I can read. I read an article from 1993, just a week after River's passing, and it's talking about how traffic was gridlocked on the Sunset Strip at any time of the day. You've got the Viper Room and the Whiskey A Go-Go all right there. Saturday night on the Sunset Strip was just a big party, and the clubs are packed. In 1994, Adam Duritz, who is the singer of Counting Crows, became a regular bartender at the Viper Room, which is pretty awesome because the guy seems super chill and capable of great conversations. He probably made a great bartender. 
He was in the height of his celebrity stardom, but escaped from it by working behind the bar. He was this multi-platinum artist who certainly didn't need the extra income. He just did it to keep it real and occupy his time. He wanted to feel normal. He even met Jennifer Aniston one night there, and the two briefly had a romance. Through the rest of the 1990s, bands still played consistently. Celebs still rotated in and out of its doors. For years, Johnny Depp closed the Viper Room every Halloween to honor River Phoenix. In 1995, Johnny Depp's girlfriend, Kate Moss, was turning 21, and there was going to be a big birthday party at the Viper Room for her. This was super exclusive. An Australian actor named Jason Donovan was one of the guests. He ended up being taken out on a stretcher that night due to cocaine-induced seizures. He was laying on the ground and remembers singer Michael Hutchins of the band In Excess coming over and going through his pockets. He asked him, do you have anything on you? He didn't want Jason to get in any trouble when emergency services showed up. Jason survived and eventually turned his life around. Michael Hutchins would play his final show at the Viper Room before taking his own life just one week later. Courtney Love said in 2022 that Johnny Depp once saved her life. So in 2022, when Johnny Depp was on trial for abuse against Amber Heard and defamation of character, a lot of celebrities were voicing their support for Johnny Depp. Courtney Love told the story that she once overdosed at the Viper Room back in 1995. She said Johnny Depp came over and began administering CPR, ultimately saving her from dying. She wanted to make it clear that Johnny was a good guy. She also talked about a time when her daughter Frances Bean was around 13 years old. Johnny Depp had a limo show up to her school and take her and her friends to a showing of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Can you imagine being one of those kids like... Hey, sweetie, how was your day at school? Well, Johnny Depp and his entourage came in a limo and took us to a movie. Corey Taylor of Slipknot was at the Viper Room one night while his band was on tour, and he was drunk and acting like an ass. Someone dared him to kick out the window, and he did. He walked over to a police car afterwards that was outside, and he was arrested and ordered to pay $500 to the owners for the damage. Remember that infamous video of Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson? No, not that one, but the one of Tommy Lee attacking a photographer and fighting everyone and poor Pamela Anderson gets pepper sprayed? That incident took place outside the Viper Room. In 1999, Johnny Depp's business partner and co-owner of the Viper Room had some pretty crazy accusations about Johnny Depp. Anthony Fox says Johnny had been mismanaging money from the bar. A little background on Anthony. He is 53 years old at the time of the story. He comes from Britain. His mother, who he was very close to, still lived in London, and he often flew from California to visit her. His mother had a lot of money and was often bailing him out of financial issues. Anthony Fox accused Johnny Depp, along with four others, of committing at fraud and diverting millions of dollars from the Viper Room. Anthony has plans to file a lawsuit and take Johnny Depp and the others to court. A court date was set, and on December 19, 2001, 
Just days before Anthony was set to testify, he mysteriously disappeared. The only things missing were his pickup truck and his 38 revolver. His truck was located a month later on Chestnut Street in Santa Clara, California, but Anthony has never been found. It may seem like a suicide, but again, his body has never been located, which is pretty damn hard to do. As well, Anthony was the one doing the accusing. He was not on the defensive side of the trial. He was the victim here. Maybe he knew he was going to lose and he felt the need to take his life. Anthony had several thousand dollars in his bank account, which has never been touched. He also had a teenage daughter with who he shared a home with. She went to live with relatives. There have been no hits on his social security number, credit cards, or his bank account since he disappeared back in 2001. Meanwhile, this is like the best thing that could happen to Johnny Depp. His accuser mysteriously vanishes before he has the chance to testify. It worked out for him and the lawsuit goes away very quickly. However, this leaves many wondering if Johnny had something to do with this man disappearing. According to Radar Online, there were rumors circulating that Anthony Fox was killed and then buried underneath the Viper Room. Here's the thing, though. Johnny Depp was investigated. He was cleared of any wrongdoing. They couldn't find anything tying him to his partner's disappearance. In fact, Amber Heard, when she needed as much ammo against Johnny as she could find to be brought up in court, even hired a private investigator to look into Anthony's disappearance, but nothing relating to Johnny was found, nor was any new information found. So just to reiterate, Johnny Depp was investigated multiple times, but he was cleared. Some info gets out about Anthony Fox, and many change their opinion and believe he very well may be alive. See, Anthony had disappeared before. Years before, he took off for several years and was living off the grid. So it's totally possible that he's still alive and doing that all this time, although he'd be in his 70s today. It was claimed by Anthony's ex-wife that she spotted him in a Barnes & Noble in California six months after he disappeared. She said he looked at her and then took off running like a bat out of hell. She tried to chase him through the parking lot but eventually lost him. She claims he got in a white Honda Civic and that was the end of it. It was discovered that the day Anthony disappeared, he mailed a letter to his mother in England. She wouldn't disclose it to anyone, not even the authorities, what was in that letter. So is it possible he wrote his dear mother a letter stating that he was going to be living off the grid? Was it a suicide note? Those are questions we don't have the answers to. His mother passed away in 2004 and left Anthony the beneficiary of a portion of her estate in her will. This woman had a ton of money. It stated that if a certain time passed and he didn't resurface, his portion would go to his daughter. I don't have any further information about that. As of today in 2023, Anthony Fox is still in the NamUs system as a missing person. His missing revolver has never been located. In 2004, Johnny Depp turned over his portion of the Viper Room to Anthony Fox's daughter. He's like, I'm done with this whole thing. Take it. It's yours. She took it and sold it. 
The new owner still kept the name, the Viper Room, and it still continued to book bands every weekend, and you could still go in there and party. It's slowly losing its luster, though. In the 90s, it was the hottest ticket in town, and it is still popular, but nothing like when Johnny Depp owned it. Except in the early 2000s, some big-name celebrities were there, but not to use drugs and watch the bands. There is a woman from Colorado named Molly Bloom. She was a professional skier and was trying to get into the Olympics, but she had a bad crash and her hopes of making it into the Olympics never panned out. She's feeling shitty because she wants to be successful. Her brother is a professional football player for the Eagles and then the Steelers. Her other brother is a surgeon who graduated from Harvard. Molly moves to L.A. where she would work as a cocktail waitress. She's very attractive and she makes good tips. She eventually found herself at the Viper Room. She was an executive assistant to one of the owners who was also a big real estate agent in the area. He tells her he needs her help hosting underground poker games in the basement of the bar. These were not regular average players. These were A-list actors. The average buy-in to be able to even play was $50,000. It started at $10,000 and eventually went up to $250,000 just to buy in. She says she spent hours Googling what kind of food do poker players like to eat? What kind of music do you play during poker games? She's going to host these private underground high stakes illegal poker games. She's going to dress up and make sure everyone is okay, and if they need a drink or anything, she would be right there to get it. Her first night, she made $3,000 in tips. I'm going to use the word allegedly a lot here. I apologize, but it's something I kind of have to do. The celebrities who were eventually outed as members of the poker ring were allegedly Leonardo DiCaprio. In fact, his name was used to get other celebrities to participate. You hear Leonardo DiCaprio is there, you're going to want to be there as well. Tobey Maguire, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Macaulay Culkin, the Olsen twins, who brought a mystery billionaire with them, and Alex Rodriguez, or A-Rod. Molly told Ellen DeGeneres during an interview that she saw one of those people I mentioned lose $100 million in one night. Molly continued to host these poker games for a while, earning her tips. One actor allegedly told her to bark like a seal who wants a fish, and he would give her a $1,000 tip. According to Ranker Online, Molly ended up making $4 million in one year. She was taking a percentage of the pot of money every night, This puts her in organized crime territory. Some mobsters catch wind of this and tell her they want in on this business, and she refused, so they assaulted her. The FBI raided the Viper Room one night during one of her games. Molly is in deep trouble now and had all of her assets frozen. She would go on trial and plead guilty to illegal gambling. She received 12 months probation for her involvement. There ended up being a movie about Molly Bloom in 2017. It's called Molly's Game. I haven't watched it, but it was based off of her life. I thought it was funny because in the movie, the name of the bar is called the Cobra Lounge instead of the Viper Room. 
In 2019, one of the new owners is named Harry Morton. He's a younger guy who founded the restaurant chain Pink Taco. He was also the son of one of the men who founded the Hard Rock Cafe. He had a relationship with Lindsay Lohan for a while and was also involved with Paris Hilton and Britney Spears. Well, Harry died in his office. His cause of death was determined to be undiagnosed coronary artery disease. It's crazy because he's relatively young at 38 years old. He was a great looking guy in good health and his death was completely unexpected. He wasn't into partying and was known to be a sober kind of guy, even though he was romantically linked to Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, and Britney Spears. In the mid-2000s, that says a lot. Those girls were partying all the time. It was a shock to everyone that he died at such a young age. In more recent years, if you hear of the Viper Room, it's likely due to paranormal stuff. There's been so much that has happened there over the last 100 years when it was just starting out as a small grocery store. It's no wonder there's paranormal activity. The bar is still operating today in, 23, in 2023, and it still books bands. You don't need to be a celebrity to get in anymore. Now, I love ghosts. I collect ghost decor. I don't know if you guys knew that about me, but I collect little ghosties. <laughs> I believe in ghosts. However, I have never seen a ghost or had any sort of paranormal experience. I wish I did. I would love to encounter a ghost. Not like a demon or anything, but just a, a nice, friendly ghost. <laughs> I'm insanely jealous of people who can see ghosts and feel presences, and I wish I had that gift. Anyway, there's supposedly a lot of ghosts at the Viper Room, so much so that the TV show Ghost Hunters paid a visit and set up all their equipment and began recording. They picked up on a voice of a male that says, I get confused. I don't know what that means or whose voice it was, but the voice just said, I get confused. Employees there say they've been grabbed before, and one bartender says he saw shot glasses flying off the bar and he was the only person there. He also felt pressure on his chest. They say there's different. There's a different atmosphere from the upstairs to the downstairs. The downstairs seems a little more dark and sinister than upstairs. There's also r rumors of bodies hidden in the walls and underground. These are bodies of people who either pissed off the mob or have died of a drug overdose. Even today, if you go on a Hollywood tour, they'll take you down the Sunstretch Strip and they drive by the Viper Room and point to the sidewalk where River Phoenix died. Guests get out their cameras and photograph the sidewalk. This is one of those open air buses that drive around with a loudspeaker and say each place as they pass it. Or for $35, you could take a ghost tour with a guide and visit the Viper Room. In 2022, it was announced that the Viper Room and the stores next to it would be demolished and replaced with a 12-story building that would be a hotel and restaurant and condos. It is owned by Silver Creek Development. They want to keep the Viper Room, but have it be part of the new building on the ground floor and have the original memorabilia still on display. As of 2023, construction hasn't began, but someday we will see a new Viper Room. This place had scandals, legal issues, fires, deaths, drugs, drug overdoses, illegal poker games. It's seen a lot in its 100 plus years. 
The fact that the building is still standing today says a lot about the builders. 8852 Sunset Boulevard, you can drive there and you won't miss it. It's an all-black building. I checked their calendar of events and it's pretty full with bands still getting their chance to play at this iconic establishment. I'm interested if you have ever went there before. If you have, tell me all about it. Rest in peace to River Phoenix. That's it for this week, and I'll see you all again soon. Take care, and much love to you all.